0: Coming up on today's show.
1: So we're waiting on the side of the stage and then I just have this anxiety attack it's, and I just start saying, no, I'm not going on the show. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I'm done.
2: I never knew old people could be friends with young people. I never knew tall
0: Welcome to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Be sure you are on the list for the weekly e-newsletter. Yes, I am aware that a lot of people are trying to get you to join their mailing list. That's because those folks want to bombard you almost daily Well, you're ultimately just going to hit the unsubscribe button. I am happy to report that I only send out once a week. That's it. On Wednesday, when a new episode of the show comes out. So make sure you're signed up to receive that for free to your inbox. If you're not already getting it, go to my podcast website, nhte.net, and pop your email address into the sign-up box. I do publish exclusives in there from time to time, so don't miss out. I love hearing from listeners of this show. You can write to podcast at nhte.net or instead of email, you're welcome to DM me through the Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New South Wales, Australia. My guest is a songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and internationally acclaimed award-winning platinum and gold-selling artist who just released a new single at the end of September. She has toured the UK and Europe, including having had a residency in London. She has performed with Lionel Richie, among other notable names in music, and she won Australian Idol in 2007, was signed by Sony BMG Australia, plus she even made an appearance on The Voice Australia. She is also an author, a vocal coach, and the founder of A Call to Wisdom, a charity that helps people who have broken parts that require healing from sexual abuse, trauma, and domestic violence. You've been hearing a song of hers called Big Dream. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Natalie Gauchy.
1: Hi, Bruce. Thank you so much. That was a really lovely introduction. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you so much for staying up late where you are to talk to me.
1: (laughs) It's So fun.
0: Let's get things started by having you share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Big Dream.
1: Okay. Well, I wrote that when I was on the tube in London and I was coming back home from a... Le- well it's kind of a lecture but it was more like a i guess like a speech that i was giving to year 7 students they were probably about 12 13 years old and there's an there's a music company in australia and in the uk called apra which is the australian uh, publishing rights association and i had been at that particular event in london and met The head teacher at this particular school and we were just talking and I was sharing a bit of my story. And then before I knew it, the week later, I'm at the school and I'm talking to these kids. And when I finished, he said to me, uh, he said, I've never had somebody come in and have my kids be silent for an entire hour. Mm. He said, you know, a lot of them have ADHD. And they can't sit still. They, you know, they just their attention span doesn't last. And he just he was blown away by how I did that. So actually, he ended up offering me a job there because wow. <laughs> he just wanted me to keep stay in the classroom to keep them calm. Wow. And I just felt this really overwhelming feeling with these kids. Like after I told them my story and about winning Australian Idol and what they asked me. A few of the kids put their hand up and asked me what happened afterwards, if my family supported me. And and I'm thinking, these kids are like 12 years old. <laughs> How can they be asking me these questions? These questions you are know, too did,
0: mature. <laughs>
1: yeah. Did you get depressed? Did you, you know, all these questions. And um, I just felt that I was really connecting with these kids. I really connected with the boss who was working there. And he would have been in his, I think, late 60s at the time. And I guess, like, in Big Dream, the words are, I never knew old people could be friends with young people. And it was just we were all connected in that room. Mm. And I just felt really inspired because I inspired those kids to live their big Uh. dreams in that moment. They were just in awe of what I was saying to them. And I just gave them hope, you know. And at the time when I won Australian Idol, I, you know, I, I was naive. And I guess Big Dream was written about, being naive to have a big dream. And, you you know, you've really got to work hard if you want to achieve a big dream. You can't just, you know, it's not like a a thing that you just do overnight, you know? It's a, it's a thing that we have to work towards and really not give up on. And, and I think that's what the song's really about.
0: So I wonder, as you were on the tube and this came to you, were you just kind of being contemplative and reflecting on it all or were you very deliberately hold on this is a song that i'm actually developing
1: i heard the entire song i heard the entire song i heard the trumpets i heard the beat i heard the everything so as soon as i got back to my apartment i literally had nothing i literally just moved to london from sweden so i didn't even have a keyboard so i called the school and i'm like Hey Ian, my boss. I said, Hey Ian, I need a keyboard like right now. I said, I've written this song and I need to record it.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: So he came and brought me a keyboard wow. so I could write the song. Wow. And it was he was such an awesome person. We're still friends to this day. He's you know, he's a legend. But yeah, so I wrote the song, recorded it, wrote every single thing down, and then two years later. Um, I raised the money to record that song exactly how Mm. I heard it in my my head. And it's like it was already recorded Mm. before I recorded it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Amazing, amazing. What a great story, a great way to start the show. That song that played during the intro, when people go look it up, at least for me here in the U.S. and looking at iTunes on my laptop, there are eight songs all with the same artwork, just different colors. But... While they're identified as singles, they appear to say Pictures of Mars EP. So clarify that, Natalie, because maybe it's just a US slash iTunes thing. Was that an eight song EP or did you actually release all eight songs as singles? And then, by the way, Pictures of Mars, what's the significance of that title since it's not one of the song titles?
1: So um, Pictures of Mars is uh, I didn't actually end up releasing it, which is kind of strange, but. I still haven't finished releasing that album. It's still a work in progress, Pictures mm. of Mars. So I got a government grant during COVID to record the music and and make this album, Pictures of Mars. And it was just really up and down with COVID. Like sometimes we could get out and do stuff and then we couldn't. And so it was a real challenge trying to get everything organized. So I ended up just releasing singles when I could. Uh. And then that was it. And then after that, I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. I went off and did other things, and I thought I'll come back to that one day, and I've got three songs to release for that album. So I think I'm going to release that album soon. I don't know when. that hasn't hasn't dropped in me yet, but uh-huh. it'll come.
0: I see. I see. Okay. At, yeah. <laughs> the, at the end of today's show, we're going to play your new single just released at the end of September. There has actually already been a remix of it released, plus you're working on a new album Can all of this be looked at as the start of a snowball rolling downhill where there might be more new music? Who knows? Maybe a video. Just talk about this time and place where you are musically today.
1: Okay. So today, so, so the new single with fame and the, oh gosh, it is an album. It was, I went into the studio and recorded the entire album in two months and these are songs that have been written over time that during my travels overseas and touring overseas, I wrote these songs in like a almost like a tra- trajectory mm. of where I was at the time and what experience I was going through. And so the music video for Fame is actually coming out in two weeks and the album will be coming out next year and the next single will be Called "When I Want Your Love" and that is actually a gospel song that I wrote um, about, I guess about my relationship with God, really. <laughs> and um, the whole album has kind of inspired me to, with a, you know, build a charity and and do all those things. So fame was like the, I guess the catalyst for the entire album because it allows me to tell my story and it allows me to explain what fame is about. For me and my experience with it so that's what I've basically been doing at the moment
0: yeah I like all that because what I didn't want listeners to convince themselves of is okay she has one new song out and that's it because we do hear about artists that something happens in their life they go away for a while all of a sudden they pop up they release one new song and that's it and I want the audience to understand that You do have a lot going on right now. Like I said, there's the single that came out. You're talking about this new album that you're working on. I think you are looking to book shows. So whereas there might, quote unquote, just be a new single out right now, as we just heard, there's a whole lot more on the (laughs) way.
1: Yeah, well, that happened with Pictures of Mars, and that's not going to happen again this time. So I've definitely planned it out so that it's a full body of work with a whole purpose behind it
0: yeah i like that i like that and and I, I i don't think you're giving yourself enough credit you're being too hard on yourself by saying pictures of mars because the fact that there were eight different songs that were all released some people go years and years before they get a combined total of eight so i'm I'm taking my hat off to you that, that you were able to to put that much out
1: thank you well there's actually 13 songs on that on pictures of mars album so yeah i'm still going <laughs> <laughs>
0: In my more than nine and a half years of doing this show, I've been so very fortunate to get listeners from 162 countries around the world. So for the folks who are just being introduced to you for the first time, let's go back, way back to your start in music in your early teen years. What were you doing and where were you thinking and hoping it was all going?
1: Yes, well, in my teen years, I uh, loved music. Music was my thing. I always performed in every situation and every opportunity that I could. I started doing acting first before singing. Ah. so I did a lot of television and film. And when I got to about 14 or 15, I felt like, well, I actually went through depression Mm. because I was actually being groomed at high school by my music teacher and music was my life. And, you know, that very confused me because I, it destroyed my, my entire teenagehood really.
3: Hmm.
1: So when I got to about 17, there was a big court case and everything. And uh, basically music was my thing that kept me going I'd write about my experiences. I would write about just stuff that I couldn't tell people. You know, music was such a personal thing to me. Mm -hmm. It really was. And I stopped doing acting because I just felt like music was going to be my life. And I ended up getting a scholarship to do music full-time in high school for the last two years of high school. And that changed my entire life. It made me realise I could write music, I could have a band and I could get paid to do music and I remember at 17 I did my first ever gig in a club where we were like not even supposed to be there because we were too young. <laughs> <laughs> but the Melbourne culture back then was so awesome. It was just the best. They had We had like underground clubs, a bit like New York a little bit and you know, you'd just walk down an alleyway and go down the stairs and they'd be like, club with music and really smoky and jazzy and so that was my thing back then I loved jazz I loved soul music I just wanted to be out there just singing because I knew that it was bringing people joy and so I'd get more work out of it and I was basically running my own show like going around Australia traveling with bands but I wasn't singing my own music. My my own music would be like two o'clock in the morning, waking up and writing my whole soul out. You know? Mm. Yeah. So that's based, That was basically my teenage years.
0: Okay, but wait. So when had you started singing? When had you started songwriting? Were you playing instruments at the time
3: oh, that you okay, were describing? Yeah.
1: Sorry. Yeah. So I was. Let's go back to like fourteen. I was writing music at fourteen. Wow. I heard Nina Simone Mm. for the first time and I think it was Strange Fruit. It just got me. I don't even know why. I just felt this emotional pull right in my gut and that just pushed me to write a song. So I got up, got to the piano, wrote this song, started singing it. And I remember my mom came into the room and she's like, what song is this? And I said, oh, nothing. I said, I just, you know, I just wrote it. And she said to me, she said, what do you mean? She said, you wrote that song. And she said, she didn't believe me. Wow! And then I, and when she left the room, I thought, oh, maybe I've got something. <laughs> maybe I've got something
0: <laughs> so you had already been singing and you had already been playing piano before you started songwriting?
1: Yeah. So I was classically trained with piano. Ah. and singing I was never taught I never did lessons because every time my mom took me to do singing lessons they would say she's too young she's too young she's mm. too young so I just did musical theater just did shows uh, I played trumpet I played like percussion at school I played trumpet in the lead band and
0: wow.
3: yeah
1: so I did a lot of music music was I'd practice like six hours a day
0: wow wow yeah oh my gosh Well, so clearly you had convinced yourself that this is what I'm going to make a career out of in some way, shape or form.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, I didn't really have a choice. It was just something that was there. Um, I did have a plan B, which was, uh, what was it? It was a hairdressing apprentice because my dad was a hairdresser and I thought, oh, maybe I'll do that.
0: Ah, okay. Okay.
1: And um, when I got the scholarship, I I decided to do music from there.
0: (laughs) So fast forward ahead to 2007 and you not only audition for Australian Idol, but you win the whole darn thing and you get signed to Sony BMG Australia. Tell us where it goes from there, because in the intro at the start of this episode, I only briefly mentioned the UK and Europe as well as your residency in London.
1: Yeah, okay, where do I start? Um, Winning Australian Idol, oh my gosh, okay, so uh, winning Australian Idol, moving to, it wasn't that easy, it sounds so awesome, but it was like, the best time of my life was winning Australian Idol, like, being in Australian Idol and doing everything, going through the challenges, working under pressure, doing live shows, I loved all of that loved it and um i really thrived off that and when i won i think i got to the point where i didn't actually believe that i was going to win it because Mm. there was a a guy in the in the runner-up matt corby who was awesome and he had so many screaming young girls you know (laughs) i just thought he was gonna take it you know so when i won i just it actually hit me pretty hard because i thought wow I'm gonna to tour around Australia, and I was the only winner of Australian Idol to actually tour around Australia. None oh. of the others did, so interesting. It was like a yeah, and um, and that was amazing. And I left, I ended up going on a really downward spiral um, t- towards, I think a couple of years after I won. So the first album did really well, and then the sing- then the single did really well. The tour did really well. And then writing my second album didn't go so well. Hmm. I had a yeah, I had a really um negative head spin going at the time. And I was in the wrong like relationships, wrong people. I was just believing a lot of like with fame, there's people that are gonna come in and try and you know be the devil and then the people going to be the angels that's Mm -hmm. how it kind of was like Mm -hmm. that's how I kind of explain it because and so because I had this negative I was having these negative head spins the people who were on the kind of the devil side it was like it was feeding that part of me so no matter what my mom said to me no matter what the people around me you know, who loved me said to me, they're like, Natalie, you need to get therapy. You need to go and get your head sorted out because Mm. you're not acting, you're not acting like yourself.
3: Mm.
1: And it was right. It was true. I had lost myself within everything that was going on. It was just everything was happening so quickly. I I felt like I lost control and I was trying to get control back of my life. And... So instead of dealing with it, I ended up getting married and then leaving the marriage and then going running away overseas. So oh. everything was happening, yeah, it was it was like one thing to another. I can't wow. deal with this, I've got to go over there, can't do it with this, gotta go over there. To the point where I thought, I failed my fans, I failed Australia, everybody hates mm. me, I've got to get out of here, you know. So I went on a, basically a ten year life-searching journey Wow! where I wrote everything on Spotify, all my music, I produced it all, I wrote it all, everything is from my journey overseas searching for what was real in my life, was the fame real, did I deserve it, why did I even want to be famous why did I blow out candles when I was 10 years old saying I want to be famous what do I want to be famous for, you know mm. and um, and that's when I started developing. I actually changed my name as well because I wanted to really get away from everything. And I didn't want people to look at me online mm. and say, oh, you're Natalie Gouty. I wanted people to just not know who I was and not be able to find me on Google and not be able to make a judgment of me. And just I needed to find myself again. Yes. And that, and I'm really glad that I changed my name to do that because I don't really want people to know about that part of my life. I, I'm glad that it's a private part of my life, you know.
0: Okay, wait, let me jump in here because I'm getting confused. So I mentioned that you toured UK and Europe, you know, to say that you had a residency in London meant that yes. you had to have lived there. And I picked up earlier in our conversation that you said I had just moved there from Sweden and I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't know that she lived in Sweden. So all of that the Sweden the London the you, all that stuff that I'm talking about was that pretty much immediately after Australian Idol was that when you were under this different name like just clarify all that timing
1: Yeah sure sure so um so about 3 years after Australian Idol I went to so 2011 I went to Germany because I wrote a song that ended up on the German dance charts for like 29 weeks.
3: Whoa.
1: Was it 29 weeks? No, it was 16 weeks at number 29, something like that. It mm-hmm. was It's called Without You. It's, it's out. And um, so they invited me over to Germany to do some shows over there. And then I, that's when I made the decision that I wasn't going to come back. I'm uh-huh. like, I'm going and I'm going to go and do this, you know. Wow. and. So I did that and then moved to Berlin and that's when I wrote um, Electric Field. I produced that album. Put it, I didn't put any of this music out though. I just recorded and was being creative and searching, soul searching the whole time. And then um, I did a lot of club shows during that time and then decided that, oh no, then I met a manager who wanted to sign me up in Sweden. I ended up getting signed to Warner, Scandinavia to mm. be this big, big dance pop star. Wow. And then that's when my spiritual journey really started because I realized that I didn't want to be a pop star anymore. I was done
3: Mm. because
1: it was too many people trying to take control of me and I didn't want to be a puppet Mm -hmm. anymore. And so I realized at that point that I was a singer-songwriter and I needed to just be true to myself and write the music that comes from my soul because that's what's real to me.
0: Okay, but wait a minute though, because if this manager was based in Sweden – then that would explain how you ended up in Sweden. But it sounded like you said you went from Sweden to London. So by the time you got to London, had you kind of started to pivot and say, I'm not going to be who other people want me to be anymore. I'm going to be who I want to be. Or were you still kind of on that downward slope, finishing up this other musical life you were living?
1: I was Oh, both of those things. So Sweden was like, was like the, downward spiral in Sweden it was just really realizing because there's like Swedish mafia and everything over there that hmm. I got in introduced to and I, I saw a lot of dark things and I just thought no I don't want to go down that path like that's not me and that was the point where I'd made the decision to get away from everything to do with my life that was dark drugs alcohol everything like just time to go okay so i left and i was i had two choices it was either go back to melbourne or try uh, a a new life in the uk so i ended up going to london because apra the australian publishing rights association invited me to this event and Uh, i thought okay um so it was always something that would lead me somewhere you know with music so yeah i went to the event i didn't really pack my bags like i was going to leave sweden I thought I'll dip I'll my toes in and, and see how we go. And literally a week later, everything just started to happen. You know, especially with the school doing, you know, big dream being written, and it was just a whole new life starting. And yeah. I was still Natalie Gouchy at that point. And then it wasn't until maybe a year later, or maybe six months later, that I still wasn't happy, and I didn't know what was going on inside of me that was making me so down. Mm. And I think because I got sober as well and completely cold turkey, it was just like nothing. There was three months of really intense, like almost like a rehab for myself. I was just alone, mm. you know, in this new country, sober. So <sighs> I wrote so much music during that ah. time. Like, yeah, so much music. And... Um, yeah and it's all i just put it all out in 2020 i just thought i can't sit on this anymore i've got to get it out there and just move on you know so i was doing shows as well so every time i'd write a song i'd get a gig so i would get to perform it and mm. you know it was just this beautiful journey that i was on throughout my whole time in london and yeah it was six years i was there
0: wow Wow. Yeah. So I do have another question, but I just want to jump in real quick and tell the audience, if you didn't hear three weeks ago, go back and listen to my interview with Kiana Key. She is based in New York, but she's originally from Latvia and she moved to the UK as a teenager. And it was naive of me to assume that, oh, she must have moved to New York for music reasons. But it's basically a what you're hearing from Natalie that She's saying it was a relationship and I needed a dramatic change. So just go back and listen to episode 505 with Keanu Key. I'll put a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, NHTE.net. But Natalie, where I was going to go was when did you end back up in Australia? And it sounds like, and again, I don't want to be naive and assume, but was music always still going to be very much a part of what you would do or did you, because of so much roller coaster writing that you did, did you sour on it at any point and think, maybe I just need to push this all to the back burner for a while
1: i did I did I absolutely did ah. and i <laughs> yes, and I became a psychic healer, a psychic medium <laughs> for a while, and I did that as a job i I was a psychic for i think a couple of years. I dropped music, yeah. And that's what brought me to America. I went to America. Oh, you did? I did, yes. I went to America. I have family over there. And um, so I thought I'd go to Spain and then get some work over in America, do some music over there as well. And I released a song called Back to Life while I was in America. It's like a dance remix song from it was supposed to be for pictures of Mars but that never happened then so yeah so I ended up in America and then I ended up in a relationship and then I had I ended up you know having a baby and then that's what brought me back to Australia
0: okay okay and folks, Natalie's being humble because before when she was talking about Australian Idol and what happened for her musically immediately thereafter. Let me read to you from her website and you can hear how well things were going musically because it says on her website her debut single Here I Am released in November of that year meaning the year that she won Australian Idol reached number two on the Aria singles chart and gained a gold accreditation. The following month saw the release of her debut album A Winner's Journey which reached number 11 on the Aria albums chart and was certified platinum. So, Natalie, things were going really well to the the average fan, the average person who yep. was, was watching from the outside. And little did they know that that is not at all what was really going on in your head and in your personal infrastructure.
1: Correct. Yeah, there was a lot of healing that I had to do from things that had happened to me as a teenager. Mm. And I was just running away from it. Wow. And even the, even the songwriting, you know, it was just... I mean, it was all healing and that was all great, but it still wasn't enough. Mm. The music wasn't enough to heal me. Wow. It didn't matter what song I wrote, where I went, what country I went to, how many people I performed to. I mean, I've performed to millions of people. I mean, on Australian Idol, there were over 3 million people watched the grand final. Mm. Um, yeah, and when I came off the show, I... Uh, performed in a shopping center where I don't think I've ever seen so many people in my entire life screaming. It was just like, Mm. wow, it was amazing. Like, I just, I feel like I've been very blessed in my life to experience my purpose in life. I've, I've always been very driven and inspired to do things. I get calling to do things. So, no matter what, I will just go and I'll do it. And I had this, like with the travel stuff, I just had that calling to to go and do it and I'm really glad that I did because now that I'm home, I'm so healed. (laughs) I'm very healed, I, I feel very extremely happy in my life now and I needed to do all of those things. I needed to experience and search and ask questions and write music and meet people and have my son and all of those things make the music and make my life complete yeah
0: we're just meeting for the first time but i can tell that you're healed i can tell that you're grounded i can tell that you're happy and that's that's the kind of story that that we like to hear uh now here at this entertainment but in life (laughs) in general too i am joined today on the now here this entertainment guest line from new south wales australia by songwriter multi instrumentalist vocal coach author and internationally acclaimed award-winning platinum and gold selling artist natalie Gauchi. Visit her official website at com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Her new single is called Fame and is now available through online digital music retailers. On her website, look for the logos at the bottom to link over to her various social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Her music is streaming on Spotify, so do give her a follow on there. Keep up with Natalie online, sign up for her newsletter for updates on the new album that she is working on. I want to make clear that when I encourage you to call me through the OWL app, I am not trying to get you as a new client for now hear this. Consider that to be a resource you can turn to just to get some help and advice from an expert in whatever field, whatever interest area you need assistance with. Last week during my interview with Michael Rubin, I listed off several examples of the areas of expertise that I have seen people list themselves under on OWL. And by the way, that's OWL like the bird, except with two W's and two L's. And they're not paying me to talk about them, by the way. They're not a sponsor. I just really have gotten a lot of benefit talking to people on there. And I know you can and will, too. It's a great networking tool you can use without having to leave the house. Try it out. Call me on there. Here's how to start. On my podcast website, nhte.net, tap or click anywhere it says Home, and then read the article I have posted there under the headline, Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away to Learn More About OWL. I've also got links in there for you to download the app for free from either the App Store or Google Play. Plus, you will see my invitation code, which is a required field as you're setting up the app on your phone. Get on OWL and start on your way to making great new connections for your career. Natalie, I mentioned briefly that I'm pretty sure you're kind of in a posture of looking to be booking live shows. When you do live shows, are they solo? You accompany yourself on guitar and piano? Is there a band behind you? Is it original music only? Do you mix in some covers? What do those look like?
1: Yeah, well, it depends on the show, really. I think at the moment I've been asked to do a house concert. Ah, so yeah, which I thought was really awesome. So I've got a house concert actually coming up in December. Yeah, so it's just a local one because, like, I'm a single mum, and I I do mostly mum stuff during the day, and then <sighs> at night I do my music and my work and my coaching. And so my son goes to school Monday, Tuesday because he's only four. So he goes to preschool Monday, Tuesdays. And so on those two days, I do my vocal coaching. And then on the other days, I do mum stuff. And then night, I practice. Sometimes I play guitar, I play piano. So I usually like to just do it solo because it's just easier for me because I know all my songs and I can just choose out of the big list of songs that I've got, like all originals. I love singing jazz, so I do sing jazz covers. And I sing, because of the Winner's Journey album, uh there are a few songs on there that I still love to sing like umbrella by Rihanna and man in the mirror by Michael Jackson Kate Bush so I I tend to keep some of those songs in because they're just good and here I am of course I play that so and I've started singing gospel music so I sing a bit of gospel now too
0: well yeah and it sounds like that even if you wanted to have two players with you or three players or full band that now you're juggling being a single mom with, well, wait a minute, when is the band going to rehearse? And then there's so much more that goes into that that it's probably better to take the the KISS approach, the keep it simple, stupid.
1: That's me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with everything. I always put that at the top of the list and ask myself, how do I keep this simple, you know, basic, you know? And it always ends up being the most successful, funny enough.
0: So now that people have heard your story in the first half of the show, let's talk about your charity, A Call to Wisdom. Share with the audience all about that work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, so with The Call to Wisdom, it started basically from my vocal coaching because my vocal coaching started to become a ministry of sorts where it wouldn't just be about doing technical work. It's about unlocking and unblocking our voice um, because our throats tend to get really tensed up and so I'm tending to work a lot with women especially who come to me uh, to I guess learn how to unlock their emotional state as well so I thought okay I need to put this into a charity put it together and I've become an advocate for these women to help them find their voice help them express themselves because a lot of the time these women have gone through domestic violence or sexual abuse mm. or have experienced some kind of post-traumatic stress disorder mm. and then the anxiety kind of triggers. And so I've been through all of those things and I understand the tools <sighs> to to actually help people with that. So I actually implement that with my coaching. So it's very holistic and it's very... And so now with a call to wisdom, I'm now going to be starting a podcast and doing live streaming Ah. where I can bring all this stuff together because I'm very, very big with prayer. Like prayer is one of the most powerful things and absolutely changed my life. I've just witnessed miracle after miracle after miracle and I just want to bring that into my community, online community as well. Um, My social media is really starting to grow now. Something's like I've just hit this tipping point. And uh, I'm really starting to connect with people all over the world, especially South Africa, India, Hmm. Asian countries, Europe. So, yeah, it's really growing. So I'm very excited.
0: Some guy in Florida under the Now Hear This Entertainment (laughs) username that started following me. I don't know. He seems weird. but. Yeah, my social media is (laughs) growing. (laughs) Um, Among other things, I have referred to you as an author. I think people would conclude that, oh, she must have written a book about winning Australian Idol. But actually, when they look on your website, they will see How to Get Out of a Broken Relationship, Seven Step Guide to Healing by Natalie Rose Gauci.
1: Yes, this book was written About a relationship that I was in and I found it very, very difficult to get out of it. And I wrote the steps before I got out of the relationship and then I had to use them to get out of the relationship. Mm. And then I realized that after my spiritual journey as well and my faith and everything, I just thought I want to write a book that explains when I went from psychic healing into my faith because there were so many things that happened during that time with the relationship and with my faith. And I just wanted to put a self-help book together to share the steps of what I went through so that someone else might use it one day to save their life.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think that's kind of a, a case of to say that you went through the steps or you wrote the steps down and then had to follow them yourself is pretty unique. It's, I don't know if courageous is the right word or not, but then to step back and make the realization that, well, this was great that I was able to help myself, but this means that this will help other people too. So I admire you for recognizing that and saying, okay, I need to get this out into a book so that other people can benefit from my having gone through this. Like I know it works because I applied it to myself.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, it, I mean, it all comes down to self-love, really. That's what the book's about. It's about self-love and finding and building a relationship with God and because that's what I did through my breakup. And if I didn't have that, I don't know what would have happened. But for some reason, I just felt I was seven steps ahead because I had that relationship mm. that I was building. So i I, ha- I got strength from that. And, yeah, I really just felt compelled to write that book. And I I feel like every time I read it, I want to edit it because so much happens afterwards. But I'm just leaving it for now. If anyone has questions, I will answer them.
0: (laughs) I have a question. You were talking about your vocal coaching. And just to back up to those services, is that only right there in person in New South Wales? Or do you work with people remotely, say, over Zoom or Google Meet? And for that matter, Are you taking new clients? What ages do you work with? Just all those details.
1: Yeah, so I work, uh, if you go onto my website, you can book in and it's all mostly online. Ah. I do do local things as well, just with women from my church and um, other women that I meet. And NDIS is the company here that also fund for people with brain injuries and things like that to to get training. So I also do that, Hmm. work with, with those yeah with um, NDIS so with the online it's all on zoom or google meet whatever suits the person really and uh, we basically do most of it online it's one-to-one but I'm actually starting to do master classes now because my vocal coaching group is going up to the thousands I think we've got five and a half thousand members now so I really want to start getting some masterclasses together because there's so many people wanting to sing and have so many questions and I re- I feel like I know all the answers. So I'm just like, I just want to do it. I'm so excited. So yeah, I'm going to start doing masterclasses as well on my website.
0: You know, it's interesting because in preparing for this interview today, I should ask Natalie, gee, are you tired after 16 years of people still referring to, you on Australian Idol in 2007? But in that case, I'm sure that it is advantageous that people probably see she won Australian Idol. Can you help me sing? And it's like, well, actually, yes, I can.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think Australian Idol taught me so much and it really painted my entire career for the rest of my life, which I had no idea that was going to happen when I was doing it. I mean, I th- I feel like I'm going to be 90 and people are going to be like, oh, yeah, you're that lady from Australian Idol.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're going to go, yeah, but just don't ask me to t- teach you to sing anymore because I'm 90. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> yeah, that's
1: <laughs> I do right. That. <laughs> I actually do get pleasure out of hearing other people sing and listening to them sing now. It's not just about me anymore, you know?
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah. Folks, I'm going to put a link on the show page for this episode on my podcast website nhte.net to episode 316 of the show when my guest was Allison Porter who won season 10 of The Voice. Natalie, as we wind things down, you had so so many great things that followed winning Australian Idol which obviously was a highlight in and of itself. Is there one real true highlight that stands out to you that you can share with us or maybe even two from all that you did after being on that show or, or maybe it's, you know, maybe one special moment from the show itself?
1: Yeah, I would love to share a little story. This is the one that sticks in my mind all the time when I think of Australian Idol and it's not about winning. It's um, the moment for me that I won was when it was, I think we were up to the top three. So, the three people left in the contestants left in the show, I was the only female left. There were two other males. And it was jazz night. And jazz is like my most favorite thing that I love singing when it comes to covers. And no one really had ever heard me sing jazz. People on the show hadn't really shown people in the audience that I do jazz. And when people saw the rehearsal of me doing jazz, like just the people on the show and the contestants, I think the contestants got a bit scared and they were just like, uh-oh, she, this is really good <laughs> kind of thing. And they always used to put me last on the show. And I, and for, for this one, they put me second last. But then after I did the performance, they changed the order and they put me last. And so the the jazz guy on the show got upset because I was – last, because it's like, you, if you're last, you're the best, you know, that's how mm, it was, like, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, so he got upset, there was a bit of rivalry there between us, and then I got really emotional after that, and didn't want to go on, mm. and it was about, I don't know, seven minutes to go, and it's all live, so we're waiting on the side of the stage, and then I just have this anxiety attack, it's, and I just start saying no i'm not going on the show i can't do this i don't want to do this i'm mm. done like and so they got the therapist to come over and she got the phone and she's like call your mum." and i said okay so i called her and i could hear all this screaming and people screaming my name Natalie! <laughs> and i'm like mom where are you she's like i'm in the i'm in the audience what? I, so I didn't even know she was on the show. Like she was <laughs> sitting in the audience. Like, wait, you know, on the show, there was so much going on all the time that I just, you know, you're on one thing, then you're doing another thing, then you do nothing. I wow. just had enough. I was like, that's it. And so when I spoke to her, she's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I can't do this. I said, I don't know what, why I'm even doing this. I said, what's the point of me just getting on a stage every week and doing this anymore?
3: Mm.
1: And then she said to me, Natalie, you light up the stage. She said, just get out there and do what you do. She said, "Look at it, listen to all these people screaming and (laughs) I could hear them. And this was the first time ever that I could hear the audience screaming for me. I didn't even know why I was up there every week doing it because I never heard the crowd, you know. Wow. And not like that, not the real crowd, you know. And so anyway, I just burst into tears and all this stress like just came off me and – I got out there and just did the best performance of my entire life was that night. I don't think I'll ever beat it, ever. (laughs) It was just a moment in time where I felt like it was my peak performance, you know. And uh, it's like when marathon runners say they've run their, you know, most peak performance or run, you know, that was my moment.
0: Audience, I'm going to do the same thing (laughs) that you all are. As soon as I'm done talking to Natalie, I'm going to run to YouTube and I'm going to type in on YouTube, I'm going to type in Natalie Gauchy, Australian Idol, because I'm just as curious as all of you are now.
1: How high the moon it was. How high the moon. Okay.
0: I'm really impressed that you chose that as the story to tell, because I think the knee jerk would be for a lot of people to say, oh, well, let me tell you about it when I performed with Lionel Richie, or correct me if I'm wrong with this, but did you not also perform do I have this correct? Did you perform at the Sydney Opera House, the famous I Sydney did. Opera House? So I thought you just said something like that. And, and to tell the story you did, clearly it was very, very impactful.
1: It really was. It was life changing for me. It felt like I could do anything after that. Hmm. I was just, you know, I was just right. I was like I was on a wave after that. And I just felt like I was in heaven. I was just lit up. It's like what my mom said, you know, you, know, you, you lit up the stage. And I, I felt it for the first time in my life. So cool. So cool. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. We're gonna to close yeah. today
0: with Natalie's new single, which just came out at the end of September, a song called Fame. Natalie, before I let you go and I play that song, share with the audience all about this one first, if you would please.
1: With fame, it's it's a song about cherishing our gifts as opposed to wanting to be famous and, and doing something with ego rather than from the heart and from love and wanting the simple things and, and to not ever sacrifice for fame, you know, don't don't ever sacrifice love for fame because it never works out in the end and you end up in your head and you end up falling and love is always the way. And that's what the song is about.
0: We didn't talk about this, but it sounds to me like you do all of your songwriting yourself. Am I correct? You don't do any co-writes?
1: I do, but I mostly write myself.
0: Yeah, I was going to say this song sounds like it's far too personal for someone else to have done with you.
1: Correct, yes.
0: Natalie, wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much for making time to be on Now Hear This Entertainment. It was great to meet you. Congratulations on the new song, and we'll be looking forward to the new album that's in the works.
1: Thank you so much. This has been really awesome. I've loved it. Thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. And with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, author, vocal coach, and internationally acclaimed, award-winning, platinum and gold-selling artist, Natalie Gauchi. Do visit her official website at com. Again, I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode. On my podcast website, nhte.net, support Natalie by purchasing her new music and, heck, other releases from her back catalog, for that matter, from your favorite online digital music retailers. She does have links on her website to a whole list that includes iTunes, Amazon Music, and several more. At the bottom of natalierosegauchi.com, you will see all the logos to engage with her on social media. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, plus her music is streaming on Spotify, so give her a follow on there too. Let Natalie know that you heard her and her music, and now hear this entertainment. Keep up with Natalie online, sign up for her newsletter to stay up to date on her new album that she is working on. Get the details on all that we've talked about today from natalierosegauchi.com. I do truly hope that you like this show, that you're enjoying what I'm doing every week on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. If you've made it all the way to the end, thank you for having stuck with Natalie and I, and I'm going to assume that that means that you do like the podcast. You can take action to let me know that you appreciate the work that I do to keep making this show happen every week, every month, more than nine and a half years without missing once by going on my podcast website, nhte.net and then using the yellow Buy Me A Coffee logo that you'll see there. This is not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with any brand or chain. It's just a fun way for you to send your support, your thanks to me, including a note that I will see when you utilize that option. You can also just head directly to buymeacoffee.com slash W. That's going to do it for episode 508. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Natalie Gauchy. This is the one she just talked about, it's called Fame.